1: Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We just picking up the pieces and moving forward throughout this week. We are a week and a half away from the NFL draft. We did a mock draft yesterday, got an extra bonus pick, the one from the Brandon Cooks trade. So it was fun having those two picks in the second round. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, head back, take a listen. We're going to try to do uh, maybe one more mock this week. Obviously, we got a mock draft Monday next week, and we might do another one as well. Leading into the draft, try to get our final thoughts out. If you guys didn't get a chance, either head over and listen to the Locked On NFL podcast. They are doing a full-on Locked On NFL mock draft from all 32 teams. Yes, your boy gets to get his thought in in the second round that will air I believe on the Friday edition but they are moving through the draft board talking about the picks they've got college hosts on they've got guys from the draft network and draft dudes talking about the different prospects so so awesome content over there on that podcast make sure to go check it out As for today, we're going to talk about the Rams and a couple of the players that they signed today. The position of much need, as well as we're going to take some of the questions from you guys, hear from some comments. We're going to play a message we got here on the show as well. Guys, don't forget you can reach out to us. Questions, comments, concerns, always welcome here. LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. Locked on Rams on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group, as well as the Google number. Again, keep the message to about 30 seconds. All you got to do is dial the number, leave a message with a thought about a mock draft or... A player in this draft, or a need that we have to fill, or a question on your thoughts on the direction the Rams might go. We'll talk about it here on the show. That Google number again is 657 345 4988. As for the rest of the week, we got some awesome guests. We're going to have Jake Ellenbogen come back on. Uh, we got a couple draft guys that I'm going to be talking to, as well as another college host uh, later in the week as we kind of look at some of the other players in this draft again that might end up here on the Rams roster. Also, don't forget, you can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Himalaya. Hit the subscribe button. Share with a friend. We always appreciate you guys listening. We love having new listeners here. If you guys are feeling cheeky, you know the deal. Go leave a five-star review. Let us know how we're doing. We always appreciate that. Helps us kind of rise in the rankings and get some new listeners. So your feedback is always welcome here. But with all that good stuff out of the way, let's just kick right into it. On Monday, the Los Angeles Rams added two players to fill one position. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and this is your lead story. On Monday afternoon, the Los Angeles Rams announced they signed two kickers. Former CFL kicker Liram Hilarahu, that one's a fun one to say, and former Kentucky and XFL standout kicker Austin McGinnis. Now, with Greg Zerline on the move to the Dallas Cowboys, he left a big hole to fill. And actually, Greg Zerline spoke to the Dallas media the other day talking about why he left the Rams in kind of that tr- transition. He said, quote, I always thought I would be a Ram for life. One reason or another, things happened the way they did. Coach John Fossil left, and when he did, I thought, huh, This guy brought me into the league and stuck with me. We've worked well together. And when he landed in Dallas, I thought, if I'm not going to be with the Rams, Dallas would be awesome. He went on to say, I would love to be a Cowboy. And as things went, Dallas was interested, probably in part because of Coach Fossil. And so that's when I decided, it doesn't matter if I stay with the same team my whole career. I want to be where I'm going to be the happiest. And I think Dallas is that place. So that is kind of the direction he decided to go, leaving the Rams. They couldn't come up with a deal. So when we look at it, losing Fossil might have meant losing Greg Zerline, but that is something the Rams were willing to do. And so moving forward, they got two guys coming in with some potential, never kicked in the NFL. But remember, Greg, last year was 24 of 33 last season, including 5 of 11 from 40 to 49 yards. And that's an area that Les Snead said the Rams really need to improve on and with these guys coming in, they do have a history of some solid kicking in their background. Again, not in the NFL, but Liram Hailurahu, who is actually from Kosovo, spent all of his pro career in the CFL, started with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers back in 2014, then in Toronto for a year, and most recently with the Hamilton Tiger Cats back in 2018 and 2019. He is a career kicker. Last year, he went 47-45 of with the Tiger Cats, 85%. Some of Haila Rahu's highlights include uh, a career-long of a 56-yard field goal. The guy's got a boot. He's got a video also up on YouTube right now kicking from 70, and it had a little distance on it too, so maybe that's what the Rams saw. Uh, He was 6-for-6 in the 2019 CFL playoffs. He was 10-for-10 10 10 on 50-plus yarders in 2018 and 2019. 13 of 15 career playoff field goals. That's 87% in the playoffs. Some of his CFL awards include 2019 and 2016 CFL All-Star 2017 Gray Cup champion. He also had the game-winning kick in that game, so you know he's got a little clutch in his veins as well. 2014 West Division Special Teams Player of the Year, as well as 2014 CFL Rookie field goal percentage, that was 87%. So he brings some solid stats along with him as well as showing that he can kick in some of those big-time moments. But he's never kicked in the NFL, so we'll have to see how this kicking battle goes. As for Austin McGinnis and taking a little bit closer look at him, he played in both the AAF and the XFL. Uh, He was one of only two kickers to kick perfect in the XFL so far in their shortened season, which now we all know that the XFL... Uh, is going into bankruptcy and most likely is all but done, but Uh, He took advantage when he was there. He was 10-for-10 in the XFL, also kicking from some distance. So it should be an interesting battle between these two guys going back and forth, looking for that one starting spot. Question is, are the Rams done here? My guess is probably not. Maybe they look to sign another veteran kicker, someone with some NFL experience, maybe closer to camp, bring them in, compete, have three guys going for the job, or you also got to look at the draft. And now we're looking at, most likely, with signing these two guys, the Rams aren't going to be drafting a kicker. At least that's my opinion on it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that if there's a guy that goes undrafted that they don't bring him in and try to compete as well. So look for the Rams to bring in another leg closer to the season depending on whenever that may be as all this kind of uh, plays out over the next couple of months. But the Rams probably won't spend a pick on a kicker as they've got two guys coming in with some really good experience, a strong leg. And and as we were talking in Liram's case, Uh, He's got some experience in some playoff football up there in the Canadian League. They take that stuff serious. There is some really good action, especially late in the season. You also know that he can kick in some weather. Uh, I think, actually, some of the kicks that I saw in his highlight package... Uh, We're in the snow, so that's another good plus here. If you're thinking playoff football late in the season, maybe on the road, uh, this guy can go out there and kick in the clutch in the weather as well. So two new guys on the roster for the Rams, both kickers. Going to be interesting to see who wins the battle to make that final roster. So coming up next, we're going to take a couple questions from our listeners. As you guys have reached out over the last couple weeks, hear what you guys are thinking on the draft. Questions, comments, concerns coming up next from the listeners. The Suns
0: rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a post-mortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fancy Football with your Locked On Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider.
1: First up, I want to get to my man Reggie. He called in last week, gave his quick thoughts on the Hard Knocks topic that me and Blaine discussed last week. Here's what he had to say. His thoughts on Rams and the Hard Knocks on HBO.
0: Hey Barrett's your buddy Reggie calling from Vegas. Um listening to your episode now with Blaine. And um um I'm, I'm kinda, you know, with both of you guys actually. Um little mixed feelings, you know, we shouldn't have to do this after winning, but they volunteered so they want the uh you know, the publicity. And maybe we get a look behind, you know, what we'll went behind the logo, the uniforms, that whole thing. Um and you know, that'll give everybody some insight. It'll give us early access of looking into the uh the stadium. And, you know, what those uniforms look like in training camp. So I think it'll be good for us, Bear. Talk to you later.
1: Yeah, Reggie, make some good points there. Uh, Maybe this is the Rams trying to get out under the bus here, get out onto the national media, try to explain what was going on with the logo, uh, give some inside looks at that stadium, kind of hype that up. Of course, the NFL and... And all the head brass out here in Los Angeles for the Rams and the Chargers. Want to get in front of everybody to build some excitement about the stadium. But yeah, maybe we learn a little bit more about that logo. Uh, Uniforms. I'm hoping we see the uniforms before training camp. Uh, Maybe something positive. But again, now that they're on hard knocks, maybe that is something uh, they wait to reveal. Uh, Show the players' reaction of the reveal. So there's some really cool stuff that the Rams can be showing right now. So I think it is exciting. I think any way that they can positively... Uh, interact with their fans right now is a plus, and that's probably why they look to do this. It hasn't really been going all too well uh, in the PR side for the Rams and their fans this offseason, but Reggie, I appreciate you giving us a buzz, leaving a message on our number. If you guys don't have that number here, I'll give it again. Keep the message to about 30 seconds, 45 seconds. That way we can play it here on the show. 657 345 four, Stay safe out there, my friend, in Vegas. That's where my mom's at. I was actually supposed to be coming out there uh, in the next 30 days or so, and it looks like that probably won't happen. But stay safe out there. I'm supposed to have a draft there in a few days. Now it's online and a virtual reality draft. We'll see how that all looks uh, here in the next week or so. Going to be still exciting. Uh, We'll get to the draft here in a second, because I had a couple people send me in their mock drafts that I want to share here on the show. But our next question comes... From our buddy Trevor on Instagram, he said, I know you've mentioned being tempted by grabbing a running back in the second round. I've seen three of the top guys there from doing some mocks. Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. Best case scenario, which one would you prefer? Great question, Trevor. This one's tough. You're right, because from doing a bunch of mocks, um, I haven't seen all three of them there at the same time, but I have seen where Jonathan Taylor's there and Clyde Edwards or maybe J.K. Dobbins and Clyde Edwards. Uh, it's funny. It's, it's always seems to be Clyde Edwards. Hilaire is there at uh, number 52, but either one of Taylor or Dobbins is already taken off the board. And we don't know how this draft is going to go, right? The crazy thing about these drafts, too, is there starts to be a run on things. You hear that a lot. Uh, as we've been talking about this, but you start to see a team go, oh, I can't miss out on a tackle if all of a sudden these tackles are going, I need to get my guy right now, and same goes with the running backs. When you've got a top tier, a first class of these running backs, when some of these guys start to get taken, other teams start to think, okay, maybe I thought they were going to be around uh, in my next pick, but now I've got to go and get this guy. It kind of changes the draft board a little bit, And that is always the fun thing to watch on draft day is kind of how did our projections, our mock drafts that we've been doing, how does that kind of translate into what is actually going to happen? Who are those draft day risers and fallers? And at what positions? Because sometimes it's a position group uh, that tends to kind of take a little bit longer to get off the board. And in years past, the running back... Uh, especially in the second round, is kind of one of those fallers. So we'll see if it can get to 52. Remember, the Rams, again, went up the last time they drafted a running back. Obviously, last year, they traded up and went and got Daryl Henderson in the third round. But their first big-time pick uh, for the running back position goes back to Todd Gurley, In the first round, now, obviously, we don't have a first-round pick this year, but sitting here at 52, if Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is there, I think the Rams do have to give some serious consideration uh, if they want to go and get kind of that bell cow back, a guy that they can plug in with the other two and make work in what Les Snead and Sean McVay have told us as kind of a running back by committee. But back to the question at hand, which one would I take At number 52. And this one's tough because uh, right out of the gate, Jonathan Taylor is probably one of my favorite running backs in this draft. Just looking at what he did uh, out at Wisconsin. How Wisconsin has really just built up great running backs. Yes, they usually build up a great offensive line to go with it. But that is the ground and pound type of offense that they can do. And Jonathan Taylor really took all of that and dominated with a bunch of yards. Uh, Hard fought yards too, right? The guy's got speed, but he's got power. I don't know if he fits as well into our run scheme, but then again, I don't know if Sean McVay is going to be sticking with that run scheme, right? Todd Gurley's gone, got a new offense coordinator in, kind of to bounce some ideas off of. Uh, looks like we're going to be going away from the 11 personnel a little bit more with, obviously, the trade of Brandon Cooks, wanting to get Tyler Higby more involved. We'll actually talk about that a little bit in the third segment as well, but... Uh, maybe Jonathan Taylor does fit the new regime and new direction that the Rams are trying to go to get the running game back into it. J.K. Dobbins is just fun to watch, and I guess, depending on what film you're watching, because if you put on that Michigan tape, it really hurts to watch, because J.K. Dobbins was nearly on stop-blood points, and really throughout the season, the man, again, has a lot of the same things. Power, speed, lateral quickness, a little bit better Fits a little bit better to the outside zone, which we assume the Rams are still going to be running a little bit. Again, that's up for debate as we've had some changes. And then there's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire talking Uh, With Matt Wiskana of Lockdown LSU, the one thing I really like about him is the dual threat, right? Catching the ball out of the backfield as well as running, as well as the limited carries. He almost kind of came from a shared backfield uh, with the way that they were throwing it with Joe Burrow and using that offensive weapons all over the field. So, So he has maybe a little bit more thread on the tire, shall you say? So is the upside a little bit higher for him? That is something that you could question, but... I think it goes back to, uh, for me, if I'm going to pick one, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. It's going to be J.K. Dobbins. It's going to be one of those two guys as the elite guys. But if both those guys are gone and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is there, um, I'm still pretty happy if the Rams take him, maybe not 52, but at 57. Getting a running back high still would be something kind of to build some excitement about, going back to what Reggie was talking about. Bringing in a top prospect at the running back position gives them a lot to talk about on Hard Knocks. Could be interesting, but I think right out of the gate, if I if Jonathan Taylor is there, it's hard for me to want to pass on a guy like Jonathan Taylor. So I almost would put it in the order in which you asked. Jonathan Taylor would probably be my number one. J.K. Dobbins probably. Uh, My two, and then Clyde Edwards-Solaire, probably my 2A right there. But I think if the Rams end up with any one of those guys, if they trade back in the second round, maybe pick up a fourth later in the draft uh, and can find a way to still slide back, pick up a selection, and get a running back, I think maybe that would be the best-case scenario. But speaking of sliding back, trading in the draft, and where the Rams might take certain players, I want to share some of the mock drafts that you guys have shared with me. First, I want to get to our buddy Jason Tyra. He wrote on our Facebook page. Make sure to go give us a follow over there at Lockdown Rams. Uh, he said, I like how this one turned out. Tyree Phillips sounds like he might be a good sleeper. Seventh round wasn't anyone that stood out or I knew enough, so I went with Hot Rod. Here is my mock draft. So here's what Jason got, pick number fifty two, Jalen Rager, wide receiver out of TCU, and let me tell you right out of the gate, love that pick if he's there. I've seen him going uh, as early in the first round, late in the first round, early second. If the Rams can get a talent like him at number fifty two, I would absolutely uh, be stoked about this and an immediate fill in at wide receiver. Uh, playmaker, and returner. So you're getting a lot when you get a guy like Jalen at the top of the Rams draft. Number 57, Josh Uche out of Michigan. You know I love that pick. So back-to-back, you're filling two needs, wide receiver and edge. Some would say this wide receiver draft class is deep. I mean, I've said it a thousand times. Uh, So maybe you don't need to spend your top-end pick again on that type of position. But now we just came off of a question about talking about running back. You guys know I like getting elite talent on the offense side to get to Sean McVay. Uh, so Jalen Rager out of TCU at 52 is awesome. Joshua Shea edge 57. Uh, Logan Wilson, linebacker at number 84. I think it's good, a guy that can come in and compete at that position. 104, Ben Bredesen, interior offensive lineman out of Michigan. Also, you guys know I love that pick, talking uh, with Isaiah of Lockdown Wolverines. He was pretty high on Ben and said that he's going to transition pretty well into the NFL. Pick number 126, A.J. Dillon, running back out of Boston College. Uh, This is a guy who three years starter for Boston College averaged Over 1,100 yards each year. Uh, First year, almost about 1,600. His last year there, almost 1,700. The one thing that I would say is kind of a knock on him, not the greatest receiver out of the backfield, but maybe use him primarily as a runner. And use Daryl Henderson more as your receiver out of the backfield. And then you got Malcolm Brown as your goal line back and slash uh, third down protection back. So uh, maybe there is a good fit for him. And again, if you don't go running back early, there are some players late in this draft don't mind that pick at all. It kind of plays to everyone has their role on the team moving forward in the 2020 season. Here's what he was talking about earlier. Pick 199 Tyree Phillips interior offense alignment out of Mississippi State. Interesting prospect here. And you kind of mentioned it. He might be a good sleeper. You're right. This is a guy who played one year of high school football, uh, then went to a junior college and then transferred over to Mississippi State. Kind of was a high riser slash standout at the senior bowl. Uh, Starting to kind of come on the map a little bit. Big dude. uh, Left tackle would be interesting as far as adding depth at that offensive line. Especially late in this draft. So I like that pick as well. And then 234, Rodrigo Blankenship, kicker. uh, And I think this was sent in, it was yesterday... Early in the morning. So, this might have been before we signed two kickers. And at the end of the day, if we end up getting a third kicker in the draft in the seventh round, this is always that pick. You never know what you're going to get. Maybe another wide receiver, maybe a cornerback, maybe somewhere of depth. And at this point, uh, you went with kicker, which you know I don't hate because I love the hot rod. But I think with the now the two pickups uh, that we talked about in the first segment for the Rams, this most likely you probably would have gone a different direction. But other than that, man, I absolutely love this, especially from the top, getting a top tier wide receiver, an edge, you get linebacker, you're filling needs all the way across the way and you're finding value for these positions where you're drafting. So I really like it. Great stuff, guys. I appreciate all you guys reaching out and don't forget you can find us Locked on Rams Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Hit us up, leave us a message, try to get you on the show here, whether it's a mock draft that you want to share or a thought, comment on something we said here on the podcast or a question for one of our uh, guests coming up. Feel free to reach out, let me know. I want you guys to be heard, Uh, especially once we get through this draft. I'm going to need you guys to kind of throw me a bone here uh, to create some conversation with you guys. I want to hear what you guys want to be talking about here on the show. So coming up next, I want to talk a little bit Uh, We mentioned it, maybe uh, the Rams moving from that 11 personnel to 12 personnel. Tyler Higby, really cool video that the Rams put up the other day. Just got me so excited about him in 2020. So we're going to talk about the tight end position, the Rams offense in 2020 right after this. Yesterday, the Rams released a Tyler Higbee tribute video. Well, maybe not a tribute video, but it was a highlight video that just got you hyped about uh, everything that he did in 2019. That strong close to the season. Five games uh, where he basically had 100 yards per game, uh, was stacking up the touchdowns, became... Uh, an extreme safety blanket for Jared Goff, which is extremely exciting because ever since he was drafted and Sean McVay came over here, we have been begging him to get the tight ends more involved. He really have been sticking to that 11 personnel. Uh, but when the running game wasn't working, the offensive line couldn't be trusted. Uh, they switched a little bit more to the 12 personnel, started to use some tight ends, and you saw the relationship continue to build from Jared Goff and Tyler Higbee. Uh, Late in the 2018 season when they went to the Super Bowl, you saw some of that chemistry and really throughout their whole career together. Guys that have been roommates in training camp multiple times. You've been waiting for Tyler Higbee to kind of explode. And he did in 2019, uh, really, to close the season. And really want to take a look a little bit deeper into this position because we've talked about potentially the Rams looking to draft a tight end. What are they going to do with Gerald Everett? He's still around. Is he still in the long-term plans Uh, They have not extended his contract. Uh, He is going to be up for free agency here pretty soon. Do the Rams just let him walk? Do they look to extend him? Do they look to draft and fill his replacement in this year's draft? A lot of those questions still in the air. But for Tyler Higbee, man, next year, is he going to be the big breakout player of the year? Or was that already really last year? I mean, if you want to look at it, the guy had the most receiving yards uh, for a tight end in Rams history. And that was really in a five, six-game span Uh, That he put together earlier in the season, he contributed with you know along the way, but it wasn't really till the end of the year where he just started to explode onto the scene. What is his high end cap? That's my question, really. Like, how good can Tyler Higby be? Because watching that highlight video, just watching his size, the way he moves, his hands, the way he catches the ball, uh, it looked like Travis Kelsey to be honest. It looked like a top five, top three tight end that you're watching this highlight video. And the question is, can he be that consistent in 2020? And will this offense change a little bit with seeing Brandon Cooks go? And again, we talked about drafting a wide receiver high in this draft to fill that role. But do the Rams, with you know one of those guys being a rookie, and then obviously you got uh, Bobby Woods and... Cooper Cup is your other two main guys, and yes, Josh Reynolds, but I don't expect him to skyrocket. I've seen some people saying that he should be the breakout guy in 2020. I just don't see it. I think the Rams are still going to draft another guy, and I think he's going to continue to play the role that he's had on this team, which is kind of that fourth wide receiver come in from time to time and, you know, hopefully contribute and maybe rack up three to four touchdowns over the year and, you know, 30, 40 catches, something like that. Because I really think it's going to evolve a little bit more in trying to get Tyler Higby to be that guy throughout the whole season, using the offense to uh, find ways to get him the ball. Because not only uh, can he get up the field, go across the middle, but we've seen him used in tight end screens. When you get the man in open space, he is a very athletic tight end and really can start to do some things with the yards after contact. And I think that's where he's most dangerous. So... Uh, It was fun to watch that video. We know Sean McVay's offense seems to be really moving uh, when he can have three targets on the offense really kind of step up and be productive. In years past, that was uh, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and the tight ends contributed, but not as much as you expect that Tyler Higbee is probably going to contribute in 2020. I mean, just looking at his career here in the Rams Uh, Drafted the same year as Jared Goff in 2016. Only had 11 catches uh, for 85 yards. 2017, bumped up to 25. 2018, very similar. 2017, 24 catches. Just wasn't involved in the offense. Um, And again, that was that year we went to the Super Bowl. We talked about having those three wide receivers. Did a lot of 11 personnel. And then in 2019, talk about a breakout. 69 catches, 734 yards Three touchdowns. I expect that touchdown mark to go up tremendously next year. I assume that the receptions is going to stay probably around that, if not more. I think he's a 70 uh, to 90 type of catch guy, especially with the way that this offense could be shifting more to that 12 personnel, bringing in two tight ends, maybe Gerald Everett, maybe a guy that they draft trying to find ways to move the football down the field. And I think Tyler Higbee is going to be a big part of that. Three touchdowns last year. Look for that to almost double. I see him more at six touchdowns next year. Red zone target, I think he should be uh, involved more. I know I've talked with Jake Ellenbogen, and you know he's kind of laughed at the Rams really only having Tyler Higbee as a red zone target, but right now, I think that they need to lean on that a little bit. Maybe you go and look to draft a guy that you can put in there, big, tall, wide receiver that can go up and get the football, guy that we kind of hope Josh Reynolds would be, uh, but Tyler Higbee is really, his body is filling out. He is a big dude, like I said earlier, and not trying to get too hyped on Tyler Higbee, but he kind of looks like Travis Kelsey out there as far as the frame, Kelsey, I think, is a little bit bigger, uh, but Higby, six foot six, two forty, he's got that lateral quickness. He can break tackles. And then we haven't even talked about Gerald Everett that much. We kind of mentioned what is the plan with him, but. Uh, If we can see him be healthy and involved into this offense as well, again, maybe primarily as a catching tight end, and Tyler Higbee did a lot better last year as a blocking tight end too, and I think that is one thing that both those guys need to continue to improve on, but if Tyler Higbee is working hard right now and putting a lot of work in and trying to get better this could be a huge jump I mean just looking from 2018 to 2019 when given the opportunity and I think that was the big argument when we talked about Todd Gurley a lot is there wasn't always the opportunity there for him Uh, you know the carries were down the targets were down uh, but for Tyler Higby I think that is the same if he's given an opportunity to kind of shine Really, really expect some big things in 2020. So I'm really excited. Uh, I think in the beginning of my mocks, I really had been looking at a tight end all the way across the board. And then now here I am. I don't think I've drafted or even looked at a tight end. Maybe 6th, 7th round, you got a tight end like uh, Jacob Breland out of Oregon. Again, we talked with Jordan Long about him, a guy that's had some injury questions and really didn't finish the season last year. Uh, Maybe he falls. He had some really big hype coming into his last season as far as being a second, third round type of guy. So if you can get him in sixth, seventh, kind of add some value and look to maybe then uh, move on as we talked about Gerald Everett. What are the long term plans? You look to maybe have a backup type situation, build that room a little bit. If you are planning on going a little bit more 12 personnel, wouldn't be bad to have another guy in the room. But Tyler Higby, man, get ready for it, Rams fans. I think he is going to be the huge, huge upriser in 2020. He's going to have a big year. Six touchdowns or more. 70 to 90 catches. uh, Just over 700 and 900 yards are kind of where I'm projecting him to go. Big step forward. If he can continue to take step after step, man, he is going to be, in my eyes, top three. Top five tight end, I think, is is definitely in the cards. But uh, really, really curious to see how everyone comes out of this quarantine. Who's been working? Who hasn't? Who's ready for this 2020 season? Hopefully, Tyler Higby, Jared Goff, they've been hitting each other up, trying to stay motivated. Because the Rams' offense last year... Uh, is going to look a lot different this year. A lot of big key pieces gone, so who is truly going to step up? Tyler Higbee has a big opportunity to become one of the leading targets for the Rams next year. All right, guys, so awesome episode. Uh, Got this up a little bit later than typically do, so thanks for hanging with me. It is now Tuesday about uh, 9.30, going to quickly turn this around and get it up right away. Uh, I've got a couple things in the works for Wednesday's episode. We'll see if some of these guys get back to me and we can get someone on the show. We got Jake Ellibogan coming up on Thursday. We got one of our NCAA hosts on Friday to kind of round out the week. So, some more good stuff coming the rest of the week. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. And go check out the Lockdown NFL draft, the mock draft that they've been doing. If you haven't been, uh, it's been awesome listening to all these guys talk about all the prospects. And some of the madness that is already happening trades who's getting the quarterbacks who's getting those top end wide receivers go check it out locked on nfl but with that said rams nation you know what it is until next time peace